What's going on, folks? This is going to be our first try of our new show, Shots Toasted and Melted. We're going to start this off with a little bit of a golf preview for the Masters. I have with me a longtime friend um, and, and your fan favorite, Mr. Matt Shanahan. What's going on, Zach? Nothing. Very excited for this. Me too. It should be exciting. So I think I think what we're going to try and do is the two of us have uh, have been longtime daily fantasy players. Uh, Matt's a little bit more experienced with me that he builds models. I tend to look at a few other things. Um, come from a little bit different background of playing golf and following for a little bit of a while, but we think that we tend to make some good matchups and have some fun things to say, and we'll make this enjoyable if you guys are looking to. You know, place a couple bets, first time, long time, whether you're doing office pools or just doing some lineups. What do you what do you think, Matt? Pretty much something the same? Yeah, we got a little bit of the yin and the yang. We got the analytics with the, you know, your side of it is like you, you come from a golf background, so you know more of like the logical what's actually happening on the course. And I'm more of the, uh, I'll get into the numbers. I don't know shit about uh, the actual golf part of it you know what i mean yeah absolutely absolutely and i love that so this 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 should exactly bring that a little bit of this a little bit of that um obviously if if you're going to even tune into this you know that the masters is the premier tournament i mean any kid who wakes up and thinks about wanting to win a golf tournament unless you're unless you're from europe even if you are the masters is the premier tournament to win the green jacket um it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's the same, it's the only tournament that's played on the same course every single year, uh, par 72, it's about a little over 7,400 yards. There haven't been all of that many redesigns, um, to the course. They've just lengthened it a little. Um, it tends to favor guys who hit a little bit of a draw. But, um, Matt, why don't I just kick it off with you for some of the things that you're looking at stat-wise just off the top of of maybe some historical stuff or things that you're liking. Uh, so I, I last year got really into this, and I ran, like, a regression model on the last four Masters leading into last year to see which stats were the most predictive. And we had... I use like past performance, current form, uh, strokes gain putting, strokes gain tee to green, and strokes gain tee to green was by far the most useful stat. So that's like if you're gonna focus on one stat this week, it should be strokes gain tee to green. Uh, if you're obviously past performance and kind of experience at the course is definitely important. That shows up like you'll see the same guys finish well every year. Like Lee Westwood's always a name that's in there. I feel like Paul Casey's always around. Who else, Zach? Who else is always there? Lee, I mean, Lee Westwood is always in there. The last couple of years, Brooks has, Brooks has been on top. Louie and uh, yeah. and Justin Rose and Jason Day have been perennial top 10 guys that have never got it done. Um, I think a couple of names that I'll hold out on are, are some guys who we'll mention, but I think you're right. I think over the years when it's come down to a driving distance – there's only I found one course that values driving distance more than Augusta. I found that birdie or better percentage on holes is maybe the second most important stat with only two courses averaging harder. 
And then these just fell in the top seven, but I placed a little bit of value on them as well as stroke skeins total and T to green. Um, just, just very important. Um, I think one thing to really note before we get into the rest of the stats is, is that when you watch a normal golf tournament and you see these guys in the fairways and on the greens and they're flipping through the yardage books, they get the ins and outs of all of these greens and the undulations and the way they roll, even if they're a first-timer. The interesting thing about Augusta is that even when they do make a little changes here and there around the greens, they don't give you the yardage books. So this favors guys who have serious experience playing the course that you know the way the ball and you know and whatnot but you see guys younger guys try and play the practice rounds with the older guys who have been playing there for years that really know the course that try and pick their brains which is you know unfortunately tiger's not here this year but jt did a very interesting interview this morning that he was saying that he was texting with freddie and tiger and that he normally plays the practice rounds with them and he follows them around like a little dog because those guys have both won there and I think that this is of any course in the world, the local knowledge can help you here more than anything. And that's really why you never see young guns or first or second time players really play that well here. It's uh, that definitely all makes sense. So do you, do you think that's more because the course is so tricky or you think it's cause like your first few masters, you're just kind of like, you have the nerves, you have the jitters. You're like, I'm playing Augusta. This is fucking crazy. Like, like I'm not going to play that well. Cause there's a psychological factor. You think it's all just like course management knowing how to play Augusta. I, I think that it would be 85% of that because you, you got, you got the brass ball. You're good enough to make it, to get the invite to Augusta, you know, but, you know, you hear all these guys say, you know, this is my first tournament. I'm a little nervous. You know, these people are all hewn at the end of the day. Um, but it's the little things. It's it's the putts that you think are going to break two feet that move an inch that if it's your first time having that putt or you're in the tournament and you want to overplay and you're a little nervous, I think here it, it just it, it has a, a, a lot different of a factor. And then what I would say in evaluating this tournament is, is that I'm not going to emphasize too much on what happened at the Masters in November because of everything that happened with the virus, that that's never happened. Completely different course. I think it's going to go back to its old ways of playing a little firmer and faster, and Augusta is going to try and protect a little bit and bring the scores down from their all-time records in November, where it had to be a little softer just because of the conditions. That's that's wisdom right there, Zach. I think that also transitions perfectly into uh, when we get into our top tier guys on DraftKings. And the man that comes to mind when you think top tier and think of Masters in November is Dustin Johnson. What are your feelings it's, on him? I mean, it's hard. It's hard to not ever play him. He, I thought it was interesting that after he didn't play that well at, or after he didn't get out of his group at the WGC match. He immediately signed up to play in the Texas Open and then backed out on Monday. So I'm not sure what that has to say. I think he probably wanted to go work on his game. I mean, he was going to win the Masters the year before he decided to get hammered, drunk, and fall down his steps the night before. There's no doubt. So at least it was nice to see him finally get one. 
But I mean, like like you even like we both said, it's a driving distance course. So you know he he's if it, when you when you toss Bryson to the side, he's a top fifteen length guy on tour, easy. That you know when he's and he's proven that he's really worked on his wedges well. That he's a tough guy to fade. I mean, I think there's a lot of different ways that you can go with building your lineups here, but it's he's what. Uh, nine and a half to one i think that i don't i don't hate that bet i'm probably not going to take it but i don't hate that yeah like repeat masters champion that's probably not where you go i, I agree but but when you're talking but about the, but the interesting is the interesting is is that of, of of more tournaments than any the masters i would say tends to have repeat winners that's very true like there's like there's probably there's probably 20, I shouldn't say 20, at least 12 guys that have won the Masters at least twice. Right. Yeah, I mean, that's that's like when I think of uh, Bubba Watson winning a golf tournament as the Masters. Like, that's what he can win. Yeah, exactly. Like, I associate him with nothing else besides the green briar because he randomly owns a house there. <laughs> exactly. But so. also, like, I'll say, like, I'm, like Bubba could be, Bubba could be win five tournaments in a row. I'm just an answer. And colored balls that like <laughs> it like I'm not I'm not watching my TV asking for him to dump it in the water every time, but I just don't want him to win. I I couldn't agree more. I like don't I, I don't despise him. Like I don't hate him. I I don't wish death on him. Like I do some other golfers, but yeah, like, he, yeah. He, I mean, uh, like, it's just like it's just like every time you see Bubba, he looks like. His elbows can't stop shaking. It's like, well, someone get him a Valium. Well, uh, it's like, calm my guy down out there. But then, like, but then out of nowhere, he'll make like five birdies in a row, and it's like I didn't even know he was in a tournament. And all of a sudden, he's leading. <laughs> right? Spot like, on. He has he has that feel. Like, and right. and he's one of the and 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 obviously, like golf coverage is some of the worst in the game. And I'm not hating on some of the combinators, like you know, Jim Nance is our guy. But it's like it's just like the coverage of when like Bubba is even in like fifteenth place, they'll just show every one of his shots, even though he's nowhere near the leaderboard, and there'll be five guys within three strokes of the lead, and they won't show him at all. Makes no sense. Yeah, I I completely agree with that. I feel like half the time you're watching a golf tournament, and then all of a sudden you look at the leaderboard, and you're like, wait a minute, this doesn't line up with fucking what I was just watching at all. Like, I, yeah, they, I was watching they, like. They keep, they keep showing the leaderboard on the on the on the side, and these guys hit a golf ball. Yeah, right, right. Like I haven't seen a single shot from uh, Matt Wallace today. Like, where's he been? Yeah, and he came in like second. Unbelievable. Yeah. All right. So, Classic. like in terms of the the other chalk guys, I mean, I think that what Bryson did that he shortened his driver, and he said that he's not trying to swing as hard, and he threw in what like a, he won the Arnie Palmy. He threw in somewhere around a top ten at the players. Um, I think that last year in the, in November he was trying to overpower it. That, I mean, it, it's a wedge fest for the guy. And like I was saying to maybe you or someone else the other day that he can get to every par five with driver iron. So if you think about it, even if he just birdies six or seven of them. He's starting off the tournament at like six or seven under. 
So that just gives him, I believe, an insane advantage. He leads the tour in driving distance, eagles, scoring average, strokes gained off the tee, strokes gained tee to green, and he's seventh in strokes gained total, and he's seventh in birdie average. I mean, you kind of just said it all right there. Like when you look at so, the and I'm not even the – I used to be team like this guy stinks, but it's hard to not come around on him. I, I'm not there yet. I haven't come around on him yet, but I, I get what you're saying. Like, he, he means well. He's playing the sport at such a high level, and he's not – he's doing it within the rules. So, it's like, how can you just hate on him? It's just because people don't want to see a dominant guy who's, like, out there, like – sweaty chin looking weird being kind of dorky in all of his post game or post round uh, press conferences and all I, that I, I need to do one rescind when I said I was coming around on him I just forgot that I watched that little fucking Instagram clip where he like <laughs> ran into his garage and was doing like <laughs> leg pumps with the trophy I was like um uh should he be playing gymnastics or on the PGA tour <laughs> That's exactly what I was just gonna say. Like that. That's like I realized that was not a cool thing to do when I was like 13 years old. And he's like, he, him, and his buddies are all just like, this is the coolest thing ever. You're gonna come in here and you're gonna like rip these leg extensions to show how sick your quads are. And I think gonna... the the only thing they left out is the fact that they shotgun 18 monster <laughs> energy drinks before they took that. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if Monster is already in contact with them to try to sponsor their next <laughs> lifting session. I mean, that was that was nuts. <laughs> um, in the it, it, so there's only there's a handful. Of, I mean, there's a handful of guys. Let's say between ten thousand and and DJ at eleven five. John Rom might like have like new baby energy. Like, I don't know how that plays because I'm single with no children. But, and I also don't know how that plays that, like, hey, honey, I just had a baby. I'll see you later. I'm going to go play the Masters. But there's got to be tons of, like, confidence running through his body. Yeah. So uh, I have two takes on that that it could be that you have a new kid. So now you have reevaluated what matters in the world and you're, you're like, I'm just playing for fun and I'm going to win this one for my kid. Like I still have the same golf skill, but like all the pressure is gone because like I am, I have a child that means so much more to me than golf and yep. I'm going to come out here and win it for him. Or it's I'm up till 3am every night taking care of this crying baby. And he's all I think about and I have no time to focus on golf. So I'm going to come out and shoot like 76, 78 and miss the cut. And it's, you know, like, yeah, yeah. I just think there's a, there's a there's a serious question mark on him because two weeks ago he came out and said don't bet on me because even if I'm leading and my wife has a baby I'm leaving the tournament and now he had the baby like enough in advance that apparently he was showing up tonight and he's played the Masters and he's played there well and he actually had a pretty solid tournament even while his wife was potentially about to have the baby any day at the WGC. So I'm probably going to fade him and just not play him in any of my lineups, but I understand if, if you would be enticed by him. Here's what I'm gonna where I'm gonna end up because I have no idea what he's going to do. And I agree with what you just said. I, I probably won't play any of them and then 
uh, when the tournament starts, if he looks good or he comes out hot, I'll probably live bet him to win the whole thing. Because if he comes yeah. out hot, then you know that the baby energy is working for him, and he yeah. he could just run away with it, or at least like he'll make it to Sunday, and and it'll be interesting, and you'll have like you can probably if he makes a couple birdies early, you'll still be able to get him at like plus six hundred or something like that, and yeah, ride easily. So, John Rom right now is plus plus twelve hundred to win the tournament. Yeah, so if he comes out like like three under on his front nine or something like that on Thursday, and and uh, you're sitting there like you can just see the look in his eyes that he's got it. I feel like you just sprinkle a couple bucks on him to win the whole thing, and yeah, then you get your John Rom exposure late. But I agree. yeah, I think I think he sprinkle. Um... I mean, J- JT, I think, is worth a sprinkle. I haven't made my mind up about him at all. I'm probably not going to play Rory or Shoffley, even though Shoffley has played well here. I think that in, in, in terms of this range, I'm really loving Cantley this week. Oh, I'm, so, I'm... So, so let's wrap up. He's just under 10K. So just to just to yeah. summarize from my perspective on the 10K guys, yeah. I'm with you. Like I'm definitely not playing Rory. I don't think he's he's good enough right now. I, I think he kind of struggled in big spots. He kind of struggled in majors. I think um, he just hasn't off- showed anything for us. Right, right. He shouldn't be this expensive. I don't think he's just this expensive because his name is Rory McIlroy. I think uh, mm-hmm. I, I'm with you on Shawfield. Like he hasn't been that sharp. Uh, the, I, I mean, I think Deshambo statistically is like the best guy, but do, does he have it mentally? I don't know. Um, JT, I am with you. Like, I, I could go either way. I'll probably play him a, a decent amount. Like, I'll play him probably with Spieth because I can see that'd be a cool storyline coming in if like it's awesome. just Spieth. Mm-hmm. So I'll probably like, like if I'm gonna play JT, I'm playing Spieth alongside with him. But that makes sense. Kind of rounds out the ten Ks. That makes sense for sure. Just the boys, right? Yeah, that that definitely makes sense. Yeah, so then I think, like, Patrick, I can't get laid, better wins so that he can get himself some play in Augusta. Uh, I think that would be awesome. Um, I also kind of love here the Pudge Man, Patrick Reed at 9,300. I mean, Captain America won it before, solid form. 22nd at the players, thrives off the hate. I think he's in a really good spot, and I would say the other guy – I'd say I have two more guys I'm considering. I think Webb is one of my outrights. Um, this is a tournament that just feels like he's going to win. He's a Georgia boy. He's played well here before. Um didn't play well at the players, played well at the WGC workday. And then apparently some of the inside info that I saw, and I could be completely wrong, is that Brooks is looking as good as ever. He just got proposed. He could also have big dick energy that's so far off the golf course that could propel him. And he almost won the last time the Masters was in April. So I'll go ahead and defer the, the, the rest of this to you. I'm probably fading more cow. And I think you're right. If I'm playing JT in a lineup, I'm throwing speed in there with them. Uh, I mean, I think you kind of nailed it. I, I Other than the point you started with, you love Patrick Cantley. I think he's phenomenal. But I, I have a tough time, like, like not 
betting with my heart a little bit here because I look at him and I just don't like him. Like if you're gonna be this like fat frumpy guy, you gotta go like full fat. I feel like he he looks like he's skinny, but then he's got this weird like posture that I just for some reason I can't root for the guy. I don't know what it is. Am I wrong for that, Zach? Tell me. You're not wrong for that. He has that open stance that especially the way that the cameramen stand behind him. Yes. When he swings, you have no idea where the ball's headed. Yeah, and he, he just got – there's something that's like, how can this guy be good? It doesn't seem like he should be good. It seems like he just kind of, like, doesn't doesn't care about anything and just kind of wait, rolls out of bed and plays golf and is – I have – I mean, I, I have this weird stat that I found that going back to 2012, guys who have been – Leading in strokes gained T to green, or at least in the top 10, have won the last eight Masters besides like Danny Willett, maybe who was like 23 in the category, and he's leading the category. Now, that's a weird one off random stat, but he set two different course records since coming back from uh, the tour restart. He's only missed. Uh, one cut since the Zozo, which is like a small field like this, but he's been beating the top guys in the world. I know he's not a popular pick, and he's not someone who I'm always like, hey, that's my guy, I can't run the board. <laughs> and I hate the fact that his is uh, whoever is his stylist should be fired immediately because <laughs> his outfits suck. But he's good, like he's good. He's... And he hits a lot, and 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 I also don't, and I don't, and I don't want to talk bad about the guy because I actually root for him. But when he like hits his shot and he sticks his tongue out, that definitely pisses me off. <laughs> but but then when he jams it four feet, I like immediately forget about the fact that he just did that. That's I mean that's fair. There's you can't deny that. He, I mean when he's on, he's just hitting every ball right next to the pin. And, and I think it's important that he's. He's he's a perennial guy. He, he's been on the from the junior tours to the uh, to the Walker Cup to I'm pretty sure he played in the Presidents Cup. I don't know if he played in the Ryder Cup, but he won the Memorial, which is Jack's tournament, which is a really hard tournament to win. So, and he's played well at Augusta, and he has the pedigree. And, and Augusta is you know a course where. If you're not driving the ball well, ball well, you need to have a very good short game, and I do think that falls into his lap a little bit here. I, I I like everything you're saying. You make a lot of good points. I won't wind up playing him just because I like. I mean, you got I got to draw the line somewhere, and I I just don't. No, like and I'm I'm like that on a lot of guys. You have to draw the line somewhere. Yeah, yeah, but I do like it, and I get everything you're saying. Is he is he leading strokes getting tee to green? Because I I. I had him over the over the last over the last ninety days. Okay, okay, that makes sense. Which I guess that's kind of the most valuable part, right? Recent form. I mean, yeah, recent form. Like he's been playing. I mean, he's a guy that doesn't. You know, there's very few guys that win all the time, but he's he's a guy when you see his name on the on you know the t sheet, you know you go, oh, Cantley's playing. Like, you know what I mean? You see Hudson Swafford, you go. This cut, like, can't <laughs> wait. You go, like, he'll probably be there on Sunday. Yeah, but you're. you're uh, I put him in that category. You're absolutely right. So, I guess to sum it up, in the nine thousands, Speed has some weird magic going on, which I don't know. Uh, I don't know how to deal with that. I guess it's 
it's Jordan Spieth right now. He looks dialed in. He knows the course. He likes the Masters. His value got hurt from an overall betting standpoint, but his price didn't adjust on DraftKings. So there's probably some value there, but he doesn't show up in any of these uh, strokes gain tee to green stats or anything like that. Uh, for my rankings here, it would probably be Tony Finau, Kyle Morikawa, Patrick Cantlay would be my top three. And then I'm with you on Brooks. Like Brooks, if he comes in with that, exactly what you said, big dick energy. I don't give a fuck about golf. And it's going to piss all you guys off. I'm just going to come in and win the tournament. I could see him doing that. Who, Brooks? Brooks, yeah. Yeah, and I'm probably going to – even though, like, Finau has had some good rounds here, I'm not even touching him. Well, what's your reason behind that? Because he, like, shows up at, like – out of any – out of, like, the order of, of like, year-to-date strokes gain tee to green, he's, like, the highest guy out of all the 9,000s, and he's only 9.1. I have absolutely nothing against Tony Finau. I want Tony Finau to win very badly. But in my mind, Tony Finau is not showing up at the 2021 Masters and winning. This is just like not a tournament you come in really with no no huge. I mean, Grant, there's like the one-offs, like the Charles Schwartz soldier and the Mike Weirs and the Danny Willards. But generally speaking, this isn't where you have your breakthrough win. And I think that sometimes on Sundays, he struggles to putt. He has that little bit of a weird putting stroke. And he's been in, I shouldn't, he's been in the final pairing on Sunday and not played terrible. I just don't think that. Right, and I and I hope I'm wrong because I would love to see Tony Finau win. I just don't think that if he's in, you know, one of the last four groups on Sunday, that his balls are hanging low enough to go shoot six under and clear the field. I, 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 I completely, I completely agree with that, and I guess that's where I'm kind of flawed in my thinking. That but pay- but is he? But is he? But is he at that? If you're if you if you want to say, you know what, screw it, I'm going to try and make a lineup with guys who who just make the cut. And because normally if you have six guys make the cut, you always cash in the money, even if it's just a small double up. If you want to do that and, and ring him in there, I don't think that's a terrible play. I just think that at $100 cheaper, Webb Simpson gives you a really good look to win because he's also won this year and he's won a major and he's played well at Augusta plenty of times and he puts on those greens because he plays at a sea island. I I actually just couldn't agree more with everything you said. So I think we're kind of aligned that if you're making a lineup for the best value, if you're doing like a 50-50 lineup, for some reason you're not doing like the big tournaments that you're trying to win the whole thing, you might you like Finau at 9.1. But if if you're going to pay 9.1 for a guy, you want to have a chance for him to win the whole thing. And I don't think Finau really has much of a shot here. So I, I completely agree. He's probably not a great tournament play, more of like a, a 50-50 guy, right? Yeah, I, I would say at that length, and this is going to sound ridiculous, he's a long shot. Like, of all of the guys that are priced above him or even slightly below him, like, I, I like T-Rail Hay and Lee Leswood, but, like, in a lot of tournaments, I like the two, and I know that I just directly shifted down into the guys. Or do we clear 9,000? Are we cool with that? Yeah, I think we just wrapped it up pretty much. Yeah. On that. All right. So, yeah. so when we when we go right below that, you've got you've got Hat and Westwood, 
Hovlet, M, and Berger all a hundred less counting down from eighty nine hundred. That I even like those guys better. I think I don't think Hatton's ready to win a major, so I'm fade nation him. He hasn't been playing well in the slower swing. Westwood, if he wasn't playing as much, he's got his son on his bag. I think he's really happy with the way his life's been going. His fiance on the bag. I am nowhere near him. He's had his chances to win Augusta, and he's definitely not winning Augusta with his son on the bag with no local knowledge. Sorry to say it to you. Uh, I'm a big Victor Hovland guy normally, but I really don't have any reasoning why to say that I'm not playing him this week. Let me, stop, though, let me stop you. Because I have, I have an issue with that one. I think he's like the best value in the 8,000s one, just from like a statistical standpoint. And I mean, he sat in, he sat next to Tiger Woods two years ago as the low amateur, right? When Tiger Woods. Yes, he did. So he's got like his master's jitters are, are gone. He has no Augusta's jitters, Augusta jitters. He doesn't have much to prove here. I think he's coming in like he can just go out and have fun. He shot three under here already. I feel like he's, one of my favorite guys. Okay. I mean, do you, am I saying something wrong? Do you, I no, mean, his, his no, recent just, performances have been a little questionable, but. I just would say that. I mean, his ball striking is so good. I mean, he does hit the ball so far. You could swing me a little bit on him. I, I like him definitely more than Hatton. Westwood and I don't think I'm playing any of Young GZM. Like I just <laughs> I don't think I don't think his irons have been good recently. Yeah, I know what it is. I forgot he did he marked his ball in the wrong spot a few weeks ago. Hovland. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I would that's why I have that one like little weird instance towards him. Yeah, I mean that that kind of does make sense. It's a I mean it's valid uh valid thing. If he if that was legitimate And again, he's such like a good stand up guy that I honestly have to give him the benefit of the doubt that like he probably did do that like on accident because these guys have been playing so many tournaments and like he's never he's like you know how Patrick Reed's known as a cheater like you've never heard oh Victor Hovland like has done this this or that and even since that happened you haven't heard about it once right like no one's brought it up right and he owned it and I think that and I could be completely wrong I think that it was his mom who called him like after the round and told him that he did it. And then he went to the scores and told them, which is even like more admirable. Like, I don't think it was his playing partners or the rules officials there. I could be completely wrong, but that was the story that I'm pretty sure I remember reading. I mean, if that's the case, then you just, you have to believe the guy, right? Yeah, so I guess I take that back. I think at eighty seven hundred bucks, like he's phenomenal. Also <laughs> because, go. also because he's he played well at at when the U.S. Open was at Pebble Beach. He played really well. He was like one of the last three groups. Like you're right, he's not a guy who gets phased by the big moments. Right, right. He's, I think he's going out having fun. He's young. If he wins now, then he's then he's like immortal. He also had that like he also had that like explosion where he made shot like a 10 on the one hole and then came back the next day and shot like five under again. Yeah. <laughs> he, yeah, I think you're right. You talked me into that. I think Hovland is definitely 
you gotta dial them in somewhere. Yep. All right. I'm glad you came around on that because I, I, I uh, didn't want to try to convince you too hard, but I, when I heard you say you, you're not playing him, I, I had to call. No, I think you're right. I think you're right. But he jumped off right. the page to me. Love. It. I mean, you see that just, just if you feel any lack of confidence, you got to look up the picture of him sitting next to. Is it Butler Cabin? Is that was called? Yeah. Next to Tiger and Butler Cabin, like if you already have that experience in your life, I feel like it's it's tough to say that Augusta is going to be too big for you. And that guy's got like the talent, so I think uh, he might be my most highly owned guy of anybody this week. Yeah, I think, and and you're right. He's played there. He played well as the low end, and people like him, and you know they'll get their practice rounds in and. I do like that. And then in the rest of the – there looks like there's another handful of guys. But Are you playing Young Jeezy, M? Because I'm not. Absolutely not. But you want to hear a little – can I do a quick little rant? Because last year I, I took him to be a first-round leader. I think he was like 30-1, to 1, and he was absolutely cooking. He was like two strokes off the lead with I think like five or six holes to play. And he's on a par five. He stripes the ball down the fairway and he launches one like 60 yards over the green on his second shot. And he winds up making like a six on a par five and blows the first round leader bet for me. I'll never forgive him. I'll never play him again after that. Yeah, he's in the bag. There's plenty of guys who are, you just, they're a bad girlfriend. You put him in the grave, lock <laughs> that shit, and say goodbye. Exactly. Exactly. Couldn't have said it better myself. Um, I kind of like, Daniel, I'll make that a double double cheeseburger at eighty five hundred. I, I always like burger. Like when he's on, it's just like he's the best golfer out there. Even though he's just also no disrespect to his girlfriend, but she is a fucking smoke show. <laughs> You're making me Google her right now because I, um, I, I don't want to. I don't want to act like I know her name, but I would be lying if I said that I didn't. Her name's Tori Slater. She's best friends with Brooks Kepka's girlfriend. He just got engaged, which means Danny Berger is going to get engaged, which means if Danny Berger wins the Masters, he's getting engaged the next week. So is Danny Berger winning the Masters? Ooh. I mean, now that I'm looking at this moment, my eyes are on a picture of Tori Slater, and I can say 100% yes, Daniel Berger's winning the Masters. <laughs> Full disclosure, burger, <laughs> mortgage the property. Like, just looking at the two of them next to each other, it makes no sense, and that's why you just need to aspire to be good at golf. Like, you need to be a pro golfer. Pro golfer. Oh, what a gem. Yeah, he, I mean, he or... won, so he already won. So now it's just a matter of who's going to come in second. Um, I mean, I'm a huge Scotty Souffle guy, but he's been playing – a lot. Uh, he's young, so I don't think it burns these guys out as much. I'll probably play him here and there, but in my in the lineup that we'll dial up together in a bit, I think that I might just have to put him on hold. I agree. I agree. There's something weird. I feel like he's picked up a little too much steam too. I feel like a lot more people know about him now, and like he's been in the public eye a little bit. And if he's going to be like a thirty percent owned guy in DraftKings, that I don't need that. Uh, I'm fine with this. Yeah. Like, like him and, shooting one and, over. And this will not be the first podcast that we do. 
there will be plenty more where we have Scotty Scheffler as our outright favorite to win the tournament. I, That's for sure. I think we're we're consensually uh, Scotty Scheffler guys. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then Hideki, I don't know if you agree with me at all on this, but he always randomly plays well at Augusta. You are one hundred percent right. And I'm having the hardest time choosing between him, Cam Smith, who I said I didn't want to put a value, a lot of value on what happened in November, but Cam Smith did tie for second. And Cam Smith is a good putter. Cam Smith has showed that he has a huge dick because he played well <laughs> in the President's Cup in Australia. And also, Matt Fitzpatrick, who's going to have to tell us third grade elementary school teacher that he has to miss class is also very fucking good at golf and at Augusta. <laughs> I mean, so uh, one, Matsuyama, I agree. He always plays well. He shows up like if you look at Tita Green, he doesn't really make sense to be 8,300. He probably should be more expensive than that. So I agree he like makes sense, but I, I don't want to play him. So I'll probably wind up being with you deferring to like these two guys, because I love Cam Smith. Everything you said is absolutely spot on. Uh, uh, there's always got to be like one Australian on the leaderboard late at Augusta. And the Aussies play well, along with his boy, who we'll get to in a second. But Leishman also slams his balls down at Augusta every every year. single year. And and like so, you kind of have to give some respect to the Aussies. So I'm with you on camera. And has it has Ratif Goosen? I'm gonna quickly Google it. Has he ever won? Did he just win a U.S. Open? You gotta Google that. I'm not gonna be your guy. To know it. It. He won two U.S. Opens. Huh. Well, I mean, uh, the last thing you, you mentioned was Matty Fitzpatrick. And I and I'm glad that I said Australian because Ratif Goosen's clearly South. Africa, I was gonna say so. I don't think that you're. I'm, right. I'm gonna go ahead and fuck myself. <laughs> oh man! I mean, South Africa. No, but Cam Smith, I do, I do like Cam Smith. There, have to love him. And uh, you, what do you think of Fitz? I was just gonna say, Fitzy, you nailed it with like the he has he has to wake up early the next day to get to fourth grade because he's got a big yeah. vocab test. <laughs> he's got to give his whole pass. <laughs> <laughs> but he, I mean, he's he's so good. He's been like so good lately. Uh, He's 8.1. He's probably a little underpriced. He shows up in, in all the key stats. I mean, like, he's done decent here, right, in the past? He's done very He's done very well. Yeah. I mean, uh, even even in even in bad conditions, he's played um, he's played very well at the Masters. And also in past form, even on the uh, the Florida swing, his putter has looked incredible. I mean, he's second in strokes gained. Uh, has four top tens in his last four uh, in the biggest fields at some of the toughest golf courses. He's been hitting fairways and he's chipping and putting things in. I mean, it's hard to it's hard to go against that. Um, two of the biggest comparable courses from some of my research that I found are Quail Hollow and, and Riviera, which are notoriously some of the hardest courses on tour. And he just had a T five at Riviera, you know, two months ago. So, and he's been in good form since then. So, at eighty one hundred, I mean, 
I, I feel like you have to stack them in there somewhere, at least a couple times, if you're making a couple lineups. Yeah, I mean, if you're just saying you don't like him at all, you're if you just feel like him as a person, you don't want to root for him, that's one thing. But yeah, if you're I just saying that. you don't like him and you're not going to play him, you're just wrong. I mean, you, you, you like, like what's I, I don't see him missing the cut. I feel like out of most of the guys we talked yeah. about so far, I'd be most surprised if Matthew Fitzpatrick misses the cut. Yeah. And then the last guy in, in the 8,000 range is Tommy Lettuce. I mean, he's played well at Augusta, but he's a guy that I throw in, and thankfully he's not playing this week, Harry Higgs, where <laughs> every, like I want to like these guys so badly, but every time I play them, they stoink it and shoot 79. <laughs> and then when I don't play them, they break course records. So it's like I just try and imagine that they're not real people. I, <laughs> but Tommy Fleetwood, Tommy Fleetwood dialing a top ten this week wouldn't surprise me in the least. The only thing I would say is that he did not play well with the players, and his Florida swing has not been fantastic. But there's not like a lot of water at Augusta, and that's where I feel like he was losing his shots. That's fair. I mean, I don't know much of I, – I don't know. I can't speak to all the, the water, losing shots in the water. He doesn't look confident to me. I feel like he – like a couple of years ago, I feel like he was really, really good and really dialed in, and he doesn't have like the same look. Like, every time he hits a shot, he's kind of looking up at it like, man, I don't think I did that good on that shot. Like right away, right? It's almost like his, his head is following the ball the second. It's yeah, he's like tilting his head, looking at saying. it like my dog looks at me, like if I'm not giving him the last piece of bacon at breakfast. Yeah, no, that's it. He's bacon boy. He's bacon boy. Tommy bacon boy Fleetwood, exactly. Tommy bacon boy lettuce Fleetwood. I mean, that story, story, <laughs> the stories keep checking out down the line the further we yep. get. <laughs> Um, and then if I know better than anyone, I'll just lay the floor to you here as we get into the seven thousands. I'll go ahead and let you talk about one of your favorite Spaniards to play. I mean, I, I hate it. I, cause I, I really, I root against this man. Everyone knows I root against this man, but I mean, he's putting with his eyes closed. He's the worst putter ever. And he's making them from from thirty feet. <laughs> How is that even possible? I get. I mean, I guess you need a gimmick when you're this good, tee to green, and it's Sergio Garcia we're talking about. When you're this good, tee to green, and you just can't putt, and putting is going to be the the thing that makes you not able to win golf tournaments. I guess you have to close your eyes while you putt. <laughs> I mean, what? Yeah, what? What other option? Not, not a lot. Just like it's, it's like it's just like they say, full send. Full just sense. like senior year, senior year. That's fuck it. it. I I picked the little piece of sand six inches in front of my ball that I lined uh, my Titleist line up to, and I'm just gonna let the shoulders do the work. <laughs> That's it. I mean. And somehow they go in like dead center, perfect speed, last last rotation. That is it. I mean, he he shows up, he shows up to the green, he shows up statistically all over the place. <laughs> you have to like him, even if he's seventy nine hundred. He's a past winner. 
He's playing decent lately. I mean, he showed up in the in the WGC right at match play. And the players, he came in ninth at the players. I mean, he's playing well. He's got the makings of being like that thorn in the side, pain in the ass on Sunday, where he's kind of like on the leaderboard in front of guys you want to see win, and he's uh, I don't know. I feel like. And this is this. I'm I'm going to dial him into the like the John Rom like Brooks Kepka happy territory. After he got engaged or like married to his wife, it was within the next like, it was within that same calendar year that he won the Masters. That his life like turned around and golf wasn't the most important thing to him in life. That he started really enjoying the game, and that's what propelled him. So that's why I think that there's these like random like big dick energy things that can help these guys. Uh so he, so he doesn't have that right now, but he's won before. He's he's played this course. I don't know. He's played in probably the Masters twenty times. Yeah, something like that. That um, he's a tough. He's a tough not play. Um, where do you see yourself going as you move down a little bit below? I mean, what you were just saying about Sergio, I think maybe his uh like. You notice how he has this weird thing where he's like being sort of a mentor to a bunch of younger golfers. It seems like. Yeah, they love. He's he's their Sevy. What's that? He's like their Sevy. You know Sevy Ballesteros. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, thought, yeah he's like their Sevy, and they even said this is a quick side note, but Victor Perez, who's a young Frenchman who played well at the WGC match play last week, he, like he said that Sergio was like his guy to introduce him to the PGA tour and show him the ropes that he's like a dad figure to a lot of those guys. You're right. Right. I saw him at one tournament. He was like eating lunch with uh, Joaquin Neiman after the round. Like, like he's just, I think he's kind of becoming that figure and he's, and that he wants to, he wants to be the good guy because a lot of people didn't like him at one point. Right. Exactly. So I think that that might be his new, like, like, how he's just kind of out here having fun and things are bigger than golf. He's sort of like the veteran that he doesn't feel a lot of pressure right now, especially here where he just won not too long ago. So I, I the more you talk about it, the more I kind of like Sergio. Yeah. Plus like there has to be this like big dick energy that you get to go to the champions dinner on Wednesday night. Like that has to be, other than getting to sit down with however many living presidents there are at a certain time, one of the coolest dinners has to be the champions dinner at Augusta. There's absolutely no doubt. Like the, if, if you said to me, Zach, what are the two dinners you could go to? Those would be my two. Uh, I mean, yeah, th- that champions dinner. I mean, this year who, who uh, it's Dustin Johnson. Like I'm not going to say what they're going to be doing at that dinner, but those guys might be yeah. fired up the next day. Yeah, when he said that for dessert we have cheesecake, we all know what he meant. <laughs> there you go. Um, but you're hundred percent right. Like you have to walk out of that feeling like I'm like part of this exclusive club. I'm gonna go and like, he's gonna. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's cool. It's, and 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 I think the coolest thing about it is for a lot of the, for, just for any random listener, even though we may have absolutely zero people, when you win a normal you know golf event. Like, let's say you win a random PGA Tour event. You get your tour card for three years, and you get a couple invites to the majors and whatnot. But 
if you win the Masters, let's say you're even like 30 years old, as long as you can walk and swing a club and say you want to play at the Masters, you could be 95 and still play in it and shoot 1,005 and they'll put you in the last group. They won't tell you no. Like you can forever play in it. So that's what's so cool about it. So there's like a like Ian Woosnam who like had back surgery like two years ago. He's like 81 is like playing in it this year just because he wants to be a part of the legacy, which I think is the coolest thing ever. I couldn't agree more. Because in golf, that's the only sport like you could do that. Like you couldn't say in tennis in 40 years, oh, Roger Federer, you're going to play in the first round of the U.S. Open. I mean, if he stumbles on his shoelace, he might have to be rushed to the hospital. <laughs> right? If you think about it, like for as much as I love Roger Federer, it's just, like, it's just a different thing, which is a, something about the Masters that brings in just so many cool things that – aren't really talked about in the public. You you are a hundred percent right. I love it. I love that part of it. And and the fact that and the fact that it's the only sporting event that the public can't get tickets to it. All of the tickets are predetermined each year. And when families decide that they no longer want to go or can't afford them, there's a lottery system for people to get into but once you get tickets to the masters let's say you get two you have the option to buy them every year and then you can sell them or give them to your friends and even if you do that the next year you'll receive those tickets there's all those different dynamics but i mean it all boils down to uh just circling it back to the golf aspect of it you got my bad. I just completely went so off top. No, I, I, I mean, I love, I love what you're saying. I, I didn't know half that shit, so that's all very cool. Uh, all right. So where are we? We're on the. We're finishing out what the seven thousand. Yeah, I mean, we just kind of got to the top of the seven thousands, but it's. I mean, that's a. This is a key, key part of it. I think you're right. I think this is the most important zone in the whole thing because of, because the field is so small. The most value is right in these guys, right? There's here. no doubt, and I, and I'll uh, I'll just give you a good old fashioned value dump right now. I'll give you. Yep, give it to me, baby. My, my top three of my top six golfers fall in this range, and Sergio is the fourth of this range. It is Will Zalatoris. We're talking about value, guys. A strokes gain, tee to green menace and he's only 7300 i don't know how he'll deal with the tournament i would love to hear your thoughts on that um actually you know what interject now and tell me what you think about will zalatoris i think that recently strokes gain total over the last like 90 rounds will zalatoris is top 20 will zalatoris not by not by my rankings by a lot of I mean, I'm a golf junkie, so a lot of interviews I've heard and things I've watched on tour, and even from people like Bryson DeChambeau, have said that Will Zalatoris is one of the best ball strikers on tour. I mean, the guy is an absolute stick pin, but he takes rips at the golf ball. His length, and he's got a pretty solid wedge game. The only thing that holds him back is his putting, but if you're asking me right now, he makes the cut at that value. I think he's a very solid player. Love it, love it. Because he, I mean, he showed up when I when I ran the whole model. He showed up as my number one top value uh, for points per dollar of anybody on the, the slate. It, I I would say, can I quick add two more things? Absolutely. 
بزرگ But he's like plus 225 to be the low, uh, the low man for that. I, there were five guys. I know the other two were Carlos Ortiz, who I don't love this week, and Bobby McIntyre, which I'll get to later. But I think Zal, uh, Will Zal makes the cut. I like that. That sounds like some decent value over there on that bet. Um, but I'm glad to hear that you're not totally against it making his debut. Uh, the next guy, unfortunately – because of a conversation we had earlier somehow this is genuinely just based on the the numbers i ran bubble watson came up as the second highest value and that doesn't even take into account that he hits his uh little cut fade whatever you want to call it as a lefty here which this favors a, a righty draw correct Zach? i think i think over the course of time it has favored the draw With the distance that these players have put on, that's diminished, I would say. And there have been in recent years a few lefties. I shouldn't say a few, what, three who have won it? Phil, uh, Mike Weir, and Bubba. And Phil and Bubba have each won it more than once. Um, I do think this course sets up well for Bubba, and confidence is one of the biggest things in golf. When you get to it, When you get to the tee and you say, I feel really fucking good on the first tee, and he definitely has fans there because he's won before and he's done some incredible things there before, unlike other courses where people are rooting against him. Um, I, I don't hate that. I, I'm not going to play him, but I, I'm with you on what you're saying. And a lot of the things that I've looked up recently, he's been in good form recently, and his short game at Augusta he's shown has been – Some of the best the course has ever seen. I, I like to hear it. I like to hear it no matter what, even if you're not playing him. He's because he, he showed up numerically speaking as my second guy, so I'll be playing a decent amount of him at 7,800. I kind of like how he's like just under that 8,000 range. I feel like he'll he might go a little bit overlooked here. Uh, then just the last guy I had in the 7,000 range that I feel like I need to mention, and I think you'll like him too, is Waki. Come on, baby. You know I love that. There's no doubt. I mean, I know you love him. I know I love him. I think, did he play pretty well here last year? He got, he got fucking bullshit yanked because of Obi-Wan Kenobi and wasn't able to play in November. Oh. Huh. However... His stats, his stats recently have been some of the best on tour. And his, uh, his birdie ratio is out of control. He's hitting fairways, and he is not scared of absolutely anybody. Anybody. And he's a people's guy. He's an autograph signer. The crowds love him. 
And his distance is fantastic. And he doesn't get in trouble. So if he can just keep his driver in the fairways, he is one of my absolute favorite players. I love to hear it. I love it. I mean that that kind of he came in he came at he came at six at the CJ Cup. This is back in um October. And then seventeenth at the Zozo. He then had back to back seconds and he was twenty fifth at the Honda with a sixty nine on Sunday. He didn't play last week. Um I think that he is a real threat. I think that if I'm going to quickly speak in the seven K range, I may like a little more. I know that you hate this, but I'm still going to say it. I love Paul Casey. Um he's never won a major, but he plays a nice little draw. He's played this course so many times. I low-key love Adam Scott, and I don't know if I'm going to play him. The two guys I love arguably the most are Jason Day and Oosthuizen, but they're like total back guys that they just scare me to play because they're willing to drop out at any point in time. So I hate that. (laughs) I just like – I don't like – I don't know what to do. And then I love double-A battery. Keep that shit moving, Abraham. I'm the man. Answer. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, uh, two things I'll say. One, answer. You know I love Abraham answer. I know you I, do. I'm an answer guy through and through. So I'm with you on that. I mean, talk, he talked about a ball-striking guy, right? He, if he can putt at all, he'll always be in contention. It's just his putting. Yeah, but he, I mean, he can't make – I feel like he misses birdie putts by an inch all the time. But he hits the but he hits the ball long enough, my friend, that that he can keep the ball in play and like he's not scared. Like he definitely has a huge dick. He's not scared of like <laughs> five foot five enormous penis. I agree. Uh yeah. There's a song that says there's a song that says short <laughs> N word. But my dick talk. You're not, you're... <laughs> it's it's by ASAP Ferg. ASAP Ferg happens to have two A's in it, which is Abraham. And I exactly double A. I mean, my theory, everything we just said. That all checks out. Abraham answered now to the top of our big board. Him. (laughs) Yeah, he must must play. Um, But what you said about. But, and also, also one last interjection. Um, Max, I'm your motherfucking home dog, is also a decent value at 7,100. Because he's played well. He's, he's, he won at Riviera. And he won at Quail Hollow. And those are the two most comps to Augusta. And he puts well on fast greens. And I think that he's come to the point that I, and I'll be the first one to say it, I used to not be the biggest Max Homa fan. He's definitely grown on me. And the fact that he's won and he still kind of has this like, Pretty solid action swag on Twitter. I can get behind him now. I personally could not agree more. Everything you just said, that dead on. And he also got his master's jitters out of the way last year. I think like, he was nervous. I think he was open about the fact that he was nervous last year. And he he missed the cut. And he didn't play well at all. So I think that... He got, he got his Tiger win at the Genesis, and I think that opened the floodgates for Max Homa to say, I belong. There's no doubt. 
There's no doubt. I mean, the shot he hit in the playoff. And I and I and I and 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 I used to not want that for him, but now I do. I completely agree. I I have to go back to something else you said because I think we're both in on Max Holm. It sounds like right. What you said yes. about Paul Casey. You said I was going to hate it. I love Paul Casey, especially this week. I mean, he's I think he's he's back, right? Like he was bad probably last year and two years ago. I think he's been just kind of not playing well, right? Yeah, not, and now wasn't. I think he's he's looked pretty good. And even when he wasn't playing well, he was always kind of in contention at the Masters. Like he seemed like he'd always show up with like his big like oversized Oakleys at the Masters and like like always hits a great shot on number twelve. I'm pretty sure he's birthed number twelve. Yeah. Number twelve. The par number three. twelve and like and yeah, number twelve and always like number nine, the uphill par four. He he just like always birdies. No matter what. Year. Even if he like hits it in the bunker on twelve, he'll still like chip in and it doesn't doesn't matter. matter. Yeah. So I completely agree. Paul Casey's a, a great play. And uh I had him even like statistically I had him as a my number 22 overall value. So I, I like everything about Paul Casey. Okay. So I really love that quick, quick, quick little tidbit that this was the first time I ever saw this on uh, number 12 at Augusta was that this professor from Columbia did a study that when guys go to the number 12 T they always, obviously like any golfer does, you throw the grass in the air to try and find where the wind is. You look at the tree, you look at where the uh, flags are blowing on the holes near you and he found that look that a lot of players look at the way that the pin is blowing on number 11 green and that doesn't actually help you at all that more so when you throw the grass that helps you but the two hardest wins to hit the green on on that hole are southwest and northwest greens and then if and it's the smallest green at Augusta, it's almost half the size of the average green there. That if you put a pin on the left side, middle, and right side, and then drew a twenty-five foot radius around all of them, none of them would put you on the green in all situations. <laughs> that that's that that's even though it's the third hardest hole at Augusta score wise, that's pretty much what makes the tournament right. Right. Days. So it's so narrow front to back, right? I mean, it's like. And it and it and as an amateur golfer, right? And even for me, who played tournament golf, it's easy to go. There's trees behind it. It's it's 125 yards to carry the front bunker. It's 140 to the back bunker. I'm gonna hit at 136, and then all of a sudden, you just fucking splash it, and you're like, "You gotta be fucking kidding me!" I, I mean, I I can't uh, speak to that. I personally think I'd hit it every time. Oh, <laughs> but no, I I think that's a key hole, and that's where like those kinds of things you just said are why you gotta value the guys who have played here before and played well here before. Yeah. All right. So when we go down to sub, oh, the only last guy I would say at seven thousand before we go before we go under is uh Victor. I have a huge long at six six Perez. He looked pretty good he, last. He week. did. He made it look easy. I, I have a problem with like, I don't know. There's no reason I I want to play him other than last week. So like that's enough of a reason for me not to play him. 
He also came in ninth at the play. I mean, maybe that's enough then. I mean, I don't know. If he's at 7,000, I mean, you got – who who else? Okay, so now move down to the sixes. Who who do you find way more valuable Ironically. Leishman at ironically, because I, uh, because I just said I don't like a guy who just played well in the last tournament. I really like Matt Wallace at 6.4. Like, he, he is up there in terms of uh, T to green, and he's down here with, like, like he's three hundred dollars more than like Bernhard Longer. <laughs> like, I mean, I guess that guy always randomly plays well here. That old fuck like must spend the entire year just playing simulated rounds like Augusta. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's that might be the truest <laughs> thing. <you've> ever... <laughs> uh, but like, I mean, Matt Wallace, he this price is just too low for him. Uh, so he's my favorite play in the 6,000 range. And then Corey Connors at 6.9. Is that who you said? Um, No, I said oh, Mark well, Leishman. Leishman. I would get to it because I, I do like him. And I bizarrely had a dream that I was playing golf with Mark Leishman last night, which to me feels like a sign. I'm absolutely taking him. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, Corey Connors is another like ball striking guy who's played decent here, played well lately, and he's only six point nine k. He kind of checks every box, right? He checks every box. I think you're right. I also think it's it's weird because Jason Kokrak is the most arguably average name on tour. Not to say anything bad about the guy, but when someone says Jason Kokrak, you just go, "Oh yeah, Jason Kokrak." Like. You're not like, oh, he's top 10 or, oh, he's missing cuts. But he's, like, always around. And he's just – he just never gets it done on Sunday. He's – I think I think he's worth a look at 6 and 100. I might play a little Brian Harmon. I like that. I know, I know it's silly because he doesn't hit the ball that far, but he has that putter that looks like Chewbacca, but – he drains them. <laughs> it's insane, but he he drains them. I I just get my fear with him is that you just don't get his hot pot hot putter, and then you're just like you played a guy who can't hit the ball as far as anybody else, and and like he's got a decent short game, but if he doesn't have the putter going, he's not gonna make the cut, right? Um, at sixty four hundred, right along with your guy, Matty Wallace, is uh. Burn Wiesberger. He's played the Masters five times. He's made huh. the cut every time. So I don't think I hate that if you're looking for a deep distance. Um, and then kind of, I'd say Lanto Griffin would be my bottom guy, but I don't like that. I'd say. Robbie McIntyre, I think he could possibly play well. There's no reason for me to say that because he's never played there, but he hits a pretty solid ball, and I would say that's it. I I hate the fact that we didn't mention Hold arguably on. our favorite players, Sebastian oh. Money Munoz. Oh. I mean, I was going to say I had, I had three more quick names. 
Okay, and I and I think that we have to mention <laughs> Son of a bitch. That you, you just named two of my last three guys I wanted to hit real quick. <laughs> <laughs> I mean Um But I mean Siwoo, no doubt. Uh shaking that ass, ass. shaking that ass. <laughs> Money Munoz, I mean we love him all the time. He like yeah, he's just way underrated. I, I mean, he's, why he's sponsored by Flex Seal. <laughs> exactly, and he, and he's like, he's always up there. It seems like he's, he's good. He's the most underrated player on the PGA Tour. Why? Right. I mean, I think he was like top fifteen or top something in the FedEx Cup standings the entire season last year, and he's like consistently under seven K. There's no sense. He is our favorite. PGA Tour player, and he's the most underrated player. And he he makes he's twelve of sixteen, and that that number I'm not even sure if I trust it. Right, it seems like he makes every single cut. Yeah, no exactly. I agree. Yeah, <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> um, like, we'll have to look. We'll have to look into that. And who's the third? Well, so I I'll give you two because I'll give you I'll drop one more down. Ryan Palmer was, is in my top he's my number seven overall value i've got here at 6500 arnie palmy uh, jr right good ball striker he's playing well decent he's been playing well lately uh and i know he's he's not uh playing in texas here which i know you're a, a big ryan palmer is from texas guy i am I this is my conversation with you every time we talk about ryan palmer you say ryan palmer he's a texan and he plays and he makes every single texas cut and cashes a check for over a hundred bands every single time, no matter what. So exactly. Respect, no, I but he also, I think he does. He he might have had a top ten once at once at Augusta twenty eleven. Uh, twenty eleven. Yeah, I think he came in like fifth or something. Yeah. I mean, he's played. And he's good. Season. He's oh. he's good strokes or strokes gained around the greens, and he's a good putter. I, I like Ryan. I, I mean, I'm throwing Paul me in somewhere. No doubt. I'm glad we're on the same page there. And then my last guy, uh, I don't like it as much because I just saw like his tee time earlier. He's playing like uh, in a twosome with just him and VJ Singh, uh, but it's Martin Laird from Scotland. Weirdly, a guy who climbs up leaderboards and he just kind of showed up statistically as like a pretty high-rated guy at 6,300. If you're looking for bottom of the barrel value. I think that this is as low as I'd go. Sixty three hundred for Madi Laid. Okay, I just have one thing to say to that. Yikes! <laughs> but we'll I don't. See. But but if but if but if you're dialing up something that looks spectacular and that's who you need to find, uh, I'll stamp that and I'll go with you, even though I have nothing, nothing to say about it. I always roll with my guy, and that's what we do here on Shots Toasted and Melted. So, <laughs> so all right. So, let's go ahead and do something real quick. Let's do a you pick one, I pick one, and dial up a, a lineup. All right. For the well, tournament. Uh, I, I will say I'm going to go with my top overall play. Of Sergio Garcia. Sergio Garcia. 
Matt Shanahan is going value right off the bat. I absolutely love that. I'm going to go ahead and go, boom, chocolate, chocolate. <laughs> Webb Simpson, 9,000. Give me that. Ooh. Ooh, I like that one. I like that one. Um, Man, I think that I – because I know you don't hate him that much anymore, and because I think he's actually somehow value even at his price, I'm gonna give us the Shambo at 10.8k. Okay. Okay, Bryson, I'm gonna put on a chambray jean jacket. <laughs> All right, you're bringing me down there. I'm about to swing you. I'm about to swing you right down to. I think I'm willing to roll the dice right here. And I have to give us quinoa. Joking. I love that. I mean, based on our conversation earlier, I thought there was a 100% chance we were playing Joaquin, right? Yeah, we got to play him. Quinoa. And now I think we got to have, I mean, I, I love how this is setting up because a guy I said earlier was one of my favorite plays out there gives us a guy we said earlier is going to win because he has such a hot girlfriend. So I'm going to pick Matt Wallace and then I'll let you pick the last guy. Give me Matt Wallace. Oh, we get him. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, baby. Oh, man. There's no way. <laughs> Danny Berger. <laughs> How do we not win? How does this not win? <laughs> oh, my God. I don't think I've ever felt this way before. <laughs> I've, I've, we definitely can't release this podcast because <laughs> if anyone gets a hold of this, they just get a cut of our million dollars. Suck bag nation. <laughs> We're going to have to roll with this. We have to. All right, folks. Well, we'll bring you something else soon. I know this was a little long. First go, you're still going to want to listen to it because when this cash is for the Millie, you can look back and say thank you. Um, To my good friend, Matt Shanahan, my friend, your fan favorite, I'll let him say goodbye for himself. Adios. Adios, Shanahan. See you, buddy. See you, pal. Well done.